Project A Podcast. Thank you for listening in and welcome everyone to another episode of the Project A Podcast. My name is Simon. As you might know, I'm Project A's Chief Brand Officer and I'm thrilled that it's again my turn today to host our Founders Podcast. And I'm thrilled too because my guest today is Irina Ermak from the renowned brand consultancy Interbrand. Irina, it's great having you here. Hey, thank you so much for inviting me to this talk, Simon. Uh, it is my absolute pleasure to be here today and have a chance to talk with you about this exciting topic. Together, Irina and I will talk about brand intelligence, how we call it here at Project A, or more specifically about brand valuation. Definitely not the most straightforward brand topic, but maybe at the end of the day, the most important of all. And when it comes to brand valuation, there is basically just one firm, one name that comes to one's mind, Interbrand. Although Interbrand has been developing, positioning and designing many of the world's best known brands, they are first and foremost famous for their annual ranking of the most valuable brands. Last year, for instance, Apple came in first with a brand value of 323 billion US dollars. So 323 unicorns to stay in the venture capital terminology. Irina, my guest today, spent her whole career in branding and consulting. She was a brand manager at Danone, consultant at the Boston Consulting Group, senior associate at Profit, and over three years now with Interbrand as business director. In addition, she's a startup mentor at the Founder Institute, the well-known pre-seed startup accelerator. So Irina, thanks again for joining me today in our podcast. A few listeners might not know Interbrand yet or are not that familiar with how brand consultancies work. Can you please quickly describe for them what Interbrand does and what your role as a business director looks like? Sure. Interbrand has been around for over 40 years now, so quite some time, uh, as the world's leading brand consultancy. Um, and we have built and grown some of the best known global brands and forged many of the brand building tools uh, that are now pretty commonplace. As you mentioned, many people know Interbrand uh, for our highly influential best global brands ranking, as well as our work on some large and established business players. But in fact, we are also working with many young and growing businesses uh, across the globe. So as a business director at Interbrand uh, Central and Eastern Europe, my job is to drive and grow our business in the region from defining the growth strategy together with the management team to enabling this growth uh, with efficient tools and processes and also working directly with clients uh, to solve their brand and business challenges. So thank you very much for having introduced to us Interbrand and also your role at Interbrand. And you seem to be the perfect discussion partner for speaking about brand valuation. But before we come to the topic of brand valuation, let's uh, maybe start with a very general question. A question I ask every guest in my podcast episodes on brand and branding. Why should businesses, whether it's a multinational incumbent company or an early stage startup, why should companies engage in brand building at all? Well, uh, that's a great question. Of course, it keeps coming up again and again. Uh, one can often hear that brands matter because they can create differentiation, trust and loyalty. And all of this is certainly true. Brands actually um, have the power to change people's behaviors in a certain way. That's what we call the people's perspective of the brand. But there is another perspective to have in mind, uh, the business perspective. 
because in the end, a brand is nothing else but the interface or the bridge uh, connecting businesses and people. Um, this is how brands create economic value. The strongest brands really excel at this. Uh, for example, our analysis of the best global brands and stock market data shows that businesses with strong brands significantly outperform uh, the market in terms of uh, enterprise value growth. And they also recover faster from crisis. I couldn't agree more, of course, with what you just said and also the two perspective you mentioned. But to be honest, it's not a big surprise as both of us earn our living with brand and branding. But uh, okay, so we already said brand matters, but why matters brand valuation? So why does it make sense to measure the financial value of a brand? Wouldn't it be enough to just measure brand strength or brand equity? Absolutely. Measures like brand strength and brand equity totally make sense uh, and can be good performance indicators uh, for the brand management work. Um, the problem with these measures is that they are not always straightforward enough for the business stakeholders who are not brand specialists, like investors, top management and uh, rank and file employees. The beauty of the brand valuation is that it provides the final measure uh, to your brand strength quantifying it in hard currency, actually, and therefore putting the brand on equal terms uh, with the other assets a company has. An additional benefit it creates is that suddenly the whole company understands the value uh, of the brand and has a common, very simple language to talk about it. So your brand stops being a fluffy, confusing topic that only your brand team seems to care about into a common cause for the entire business. Okay, so you would say it's not an either-or question, so it's not brand value measuring or brand equity measuring, but you need to do both. And brand equity is then somehow the foundation or the basis to further down the, li further down the line measuring a brand's value. Absolutely. Okay, speaking about brand value, I said it initially, in Interbrand's last year best global brand ranking, Apple came in first with a brand value of amazing 323 billion US dollars. Of course, this leads up to the question of how the value of a brand is measured. So is it still the old rule of the net present value of uh, expected future brand earnings? And if so, how do you estimate these future brand earnings? You're absolutely right, Simon. Um, the good old net present value of the future cash flows still applies, as it is the default methodology for assessing the financial future of the business, used by management, investors and analysts uh, today. I don't think I have to explain it for this audience in detail, but uh, on a super high level, it looks um, at the forecast of the future cash flows and discounts um, them according to certain risk factors specific to the market and the business in question. So anyone can assess the net present value of a business. Uh, that's what your investment teams at Project A are doing uh, all the time. The interesting questions are uh, twofold. So first, which future business earnings can be attributed to the brand? And second, how they should be discounted? What measures, what factors should be used to discount them? And therefore, enterprise methodology uh, consists of three uh, components. The first component, um, or component zero, so to say, is financial performance. 
This is the underlying analysis of the overall business to assess its future earnings in general. That's the basic stuff. The second compo component is role of brand. This measures the uh, influence of the brand on customer choice relative to other factors, indicating which share of those future earnings belong to the brand. So we can attribute uh, fairly to the brand. You could be amazed to know that up to 70% of customer decisions could be driven by brand, depending on the industry, of course. And the third component is brand strengths. Um, this is the diagnostic tool measuring brand performance relative to uh, competition, which defines the discount rate for those future earnings. So basically, the stronger your brand is, the less risk you have, uh, and therefore the lower your discount rate. This is how it influences the overall number. As a result of this whole exercise, you get the brand value, and this is the monetary value of brand's contribution to the overall enterprise value. Thank you very much for explaining this. And you just said that the, the brand knowledge and especially its impact on consumer behavior does vary from industry to industry. So in general, what are the industries where brands play a more important role and what are maybe the industries where brand is maybe not the most important marketing measure and other marketing activities are more important in order to have an impact on consumers' reaction to the marketing of this brand? Um, yes, yeah, so that's quite intuitive to say that uh, industries like luxury, for example, are very much uh, brand-oriented and their consumers really pay attention to the brand and make their choices based on that. Also, um, things like consumer goods in general um, and digital uh, is becoming more and more driven by brand. Um, other industries like heavy industries, for example, and in general B2B, um, usually have a lower role of brand, but this is also changing and we can see that in B2B, um, customers become more and more um, like B2C. So basically driven by the same factors, by the same um, expectations, uh, and therefore more and more dependent on brands in their choice. Okay, yeah, I think this is, this is quite obvious since at the end of the day, it's a human being that takes the decision regardless of the fact it's if, a, it's, if it's a brand to consumer or if it's a, how should I, it's a business to consumer or if it's a business to business brand. Absolutely. And what is also interesting, I think that uh, now we can see that B B2B uh, customers, they learn from their B2C experiences. So if I'm a B2B customer and I... Uh, I'm used to get my orders next day from Amazon, I also expect that from my supplier in B2B environments. And that's what we see uh, more and more today. Okay, so you would agree when, when we say that uh, branding is becoming more and more important for B2B companies as well? Absolutely. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I think we all agree that knowing your brand's value is essential, and you just said it, uh, to calculate the valuation of your company. So it's, uh, it's important when we do investment decisions. Uh, an aspect that is particularly interesting for startups or even more for scale-ups who are planning an exit. But thinking of all the others, so all the other companies that are not planning an exit where the investor's perspective is maybe not that important. So how can brand valuation help building and managing brands in general? So a little bit uh, decoupled from the fact of the financial brand value. That's a really great question, Simon, uh, because 
Knowing how much your brand is worth is great, but if it's just a number, uh, it may not be that um, super helpful in terms of action. The good news is that uh, Interbrands methodology has a specific focus on helping businesses get actionable on the brand management uh, side of things. This is how it works. Uh, we use the 10 brand strength factors uh, that we assess during the valuation as a metric system because they indicate the key improvement areas for a brand versus its competition and they're very comprehensive. So we can see that, for example, your brand is doing great on the factors, let's say, of agility, presence and distinctiveness, but really lags behind on the factors of coherence, empathy and trust. Knowing this, you can put together an action plan to overcome that, obviously. And if you repeat this uh, assessment regularly, uh, you can monitor your progress and distill learnings for the future. This is the basis for uh, so-called value-driven brand management that we uh, use for many of our clients. So meaning when you run an analysis, it's not only about uh, calculating the brand value, but also to find out which aspects or elements of the brand should be strengthened in order to make the brand management more successful, more effective. Absolutely, because uh, the number is not just a number that is uh, taken from the sky, but from the sky, but it actually uh, consists of different elements. And these elements, knowing them, understanding them, uh, can help us manage the brand. Okay. So uh, when we look at Interbrand's ranking of the most valuable brands globally, we see companies such as Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Google's at the top. So all big companies, all well-known companies. But we at, at Project A, we are a, let's say, mid-wide venture capital firm investing mainly in early stage startups. So how can brand valuation work for them, for companies that just started their journey? Of course, um, the full scale brand valuation only makes sense when a company has some stable financials and reasonable financial forecasts, uh, as you saw in the methodology. This applies not only to the giants of this world, uh, but also to the scale-up businesses, uh, many of which are at a point where they have reached a certain ceiling in sales activation and are wondering how they can boost performance marketing returns to get ahead of the, of the um, curve. For these scale-ups, brand valuation is technically possible and uh, can help answer several important questions. For, for example, if we now know our brand's contribution to in purchasing decisions, should we invest in it more? If we now understand the drivers of our brand performance, should we manage it differently? And finally, if we now know the value of our brand, should we reflect this in our enterprise value and actually monetize it? For the early stage startups um, that lack financial predictability so far, uh, the full-scale brand valuation may be premature. But I think for them, it's important to understand the brand as a business asset um, and learn to manage it, manage it for value growth um, to get actionable on it from the very start. Uh, in other words, uh, startups can get ahead of the curve and save themselves a lot of money, time and effort down the line if they consciously start building for brand value growth from day zero, basically, knowing what exactly they're building for. So basically, according to what you just said, it's never too early to start with brand valuation. 
No, it's never too early to start thinking about your brand as a value uh, generating asset and consciously build that from day zero, as I said. So you may not have a lot to manage from the beginning, but you have a plan. You have understanding of what uh, elements you should be building and that helps. Okay, so if you think about startups and brand valuation, do you think it could help the startups to know uh, the value, the financial value of their brand when they reach out to investors? Maybe if they're planning new funding rounds, would you say that this is a typical use case where startups could or even should start uh, measuring the financial value of their brand? Absolutely. So I think at these milestones where startups uh, start having interactions with investors and seriously think about uh, their enterprise uh, value, this is where they also need to think about their brand value because this is a component of enterprise value. Okay. So if you want to know more and dig deeper into the topic of brand valuation in general and how startups could measure the financial value of their brand, then I highly recommend to you to attend this year's Project A Knowledge Conference, Short Pacon where Irina will hold one of the over 100 sessions and talk about this very topic, so startups and brand valuation. So can you please give us kind of a sneak preview of what you will talk about in your session at the PACON? Absolutely, my pleasure. So we will just dig deeper into this topic of uh, why should startups uh, and not only grown-up businesses engage in brand building? what is exactly the value of that and what they will be gaining from it in terms of investor relationships, but also their internal uh, team building and um, differentiating from com competition in the market. Um, then uh, we will look into how can brand valuation help with building and managing brands. Something we touched upon already, but um, I would like to uh, run this a bit deeper and understand the drivers behind this. And thirdly, uh, how can brand valuation work specifically for startups at different stages of their maturity? And that's, uh, I think, an intriguing question, which um, we, again, we only touched upon, but I think that's much more to explore there. That sounds very interesting and I'm very much looking forward to your session at this year's Project A Knowledge Conference. So the conference takes place on Friday, October 8th and this year we are going hybrid, meaning you'll have the chance to participate either online or on-site in Berlin. It's free, but you have to apply for a ticket. So just Google Project A Conference and then register on our website. And now a goodie only for our listeners. If you use the code hashtag brand value written in one word, you will get a ticket for sure. So I'm looking forward to seeing many of you at this year's Project A Knowledge Conference. That's it for the commercial break. Now back to you, Irina. I do not doubt that you have seen that last week our friends from Jung von Matt released, together with Apinio, the first German startup brand ranking. AirUp came in first, closely followed by Vivid, Gorillas, and our own uh, portfolio company, Trade Republic. They based their ranking on a bunch of factors such as awareness, sympathy, trust, or uniqueness, and also took into consideration, a very smart move, I think, the age of the startups. Overall, the ranking is really nice evidence that it also pay offs for startups to invest in a compelling brand from the very beginning. But they didn't take into account the financial perspective. So what are your thoughts about brand rankings that actually just focus on awareness and perception and do not consider the brand value? 
Yes, I think that uh, the German startups uh, brand ranking launched by the colleagues from um, Jungformat is an amazing, relevant and very timely initiative. In fact, that does an important job of celebrating some great achievements um, and r raising awareness on the topic of branding and startups. And by the way, using this occasion, I would like to congratulate the companies that landed in the ranking well done and some of my favorite startup brands uh, in, in the ranking for sure. I will not say which, but uh, they are there. You noted that uh, the ranking is based on measuring the perceptions of uh, awareness, sympathy, trust, uniqueness, etc. Et this resemble closely uh, some brand strength factors that we also assess within Interbrands uh, methodology. However, the, this new ranking doesn't go as far as translating these factors into the actual business value something we do uh, in our best global brands ranking, for example. Remember, in the beginning of our conversation, I said that the brand is a bridge between the people's and the business perspectives. I think that the newly launched ranking is a great step in the right direction as it reflects the people's perspective on the brands in a very deep way, really asking real people. Um, and I believe it could get to the next level of depth and relevance by adding this business perspective to it, which means, yes, uh, assessing brand value. Okay, so maybe if our friends from Jung von Matt listen to today's podcast, you would recommend to do it again and maybe in a second wave, not only relying on perception and awareness, so not only on the people's perspective, but maybe adding to the ranking uh, business perspective and also kind of complete the ranking with the brand value. I think it's a great idea and I am very open to this. Yeah, and maybe this could also help because if we look at the current ranking, of course, these are mainly business to consumer brands. Of course, if you reach out to the people and ask them, do you know this brand, do you like this brand and so on, then of course it's mainly about business to consumer brands. But as soon as you would enter the business perspective into the game, then also B2B companies could uh, be measured or could be in the ranking at all. Absolutely. And this is exactly uh, also the dilemma um, that we have in the best global brands ranking because there we also have b2c brands but also b2b brands and um, it's not that the right to be in the ranking is only reserved for b2c brands that's that's not how that works especially when you look at the brands also from a business perspective so yes um, i totally uh, with you here um, including the b2b brands and looking at this yeah giving it like this dimension of um, uh, business perspective to the ranking yeah, I definitely think because earlier in the podcast, we already said that uh, branding is becoming more and more important for business to business brands as well. So I think uh, we all should kind of find a way how to integrate business to business brands better in this kind of rankings. Absolutely. So I mentioned it at the very beginning of our podcast already. You are not only with Interbrand, but you are also acting as a startup mentor at the Founder Institute, the well-known pre-seed startup accelerator. So what are the typical pieces of advice you give to early stage startups or to early stage founders? 
I have to say that I'm a fresh mentor at the Founder Institute, having joined very recently. And as you said, the Founder Institute is a pre-seed accelerator, basically meaning that uh, my audience uh, there are potential founders with an idea and lots of questions. So this is an even earlier stage than uh, any early startups in your portfolio at Project A. Nevertheless, I can see some overarching um, brand-related themes uh, that I think could be relevant uh, for businesses at every stage, basically. Um, first of all, I would say to them, um, you know, I say to them and I would say to everyone, the brand is not just a name uh, or a logo. As important as the name, the logo, the visual identity and so forth are, they are not your starting points, um, but rather the translation of your core brand idea into experience touch points. So you need to start with this core brand idea, which we often call a purpose. A purpose is your North Star. It defines the why. Why are you doing this in the first place? Um, your purpose should be based on a belief that you share with your target audience. This is very important. Um, so it, you don't kind of fly in the sky. And um, I can give you an example of a great purpose that I personally love. To build a world where home is everywhere. Of course, you recognize this, this is Airbnb. It could not be anyone else, right? So it is high, it is um, directional, but it's also shared with many people. To do this, you first need to really immerse yourselves into your target audience. Um, understand who they are, how they live, and what they value and strive for, to also understand what drives them. So get out there and talk to real people. That's my first advice. And then um, really formulate your purpose um, based on shared belief with these people. Second, define the what. I'm going a little bit golden circle here. This is your value proposition, basically. The functional and emotional benefits, um, if you can, split them, because you don't have to, but you can. Uh, you are delivering to your target audience, and this should be based on real needs that you will have uncovered. And um, third, understand how you um, translate your brand idea into the different touch points. Basically, starting with the name and the logo, but also including your tonality, messaging, design, your digital and physical environments, and of course, your product. You need to prioritize the, your touch points and act strategically, because not all of them will be important from day one, but you need to prioritize them. And last, but maybe the most important, give your brand the leading role it deserve, deserves from the very start. Uh, get the right people on board who dig brand, and can manage it to grow in value. But do not confine this task to the brand team only, because it is the guiding star for everyone in your company and should be relevant and on the top of the agenda for all the people in your company. I think I couldn't agree more with all the points you just raised. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So when we speak or when I speak to founders of early stage startups, there is uh, often the question arising, when is the ideal time to start with branding, to start with developing the, as we call it, minimal viable brand? 
So is it before we do have a product? So is the minimal viable brand uh, before we have the minimal viable product? Or do we first have the minimal viable product and then from there we derive the minimal viable brand? Or do we wait, do we wait uh, with the development of the minimal viable brand until we do have established kind of product market fit? So uh, regarding the question, when is the ideal time to start branding for a startup? What is your take on that? before everything else. So basically, if you take the brand as your guiding star, if you believe in this concept, uh, and this is this is what should be guiding you uh, in everything you do, then uh, of course you need to define the direction before you start your journey. I think as Yogi Berra said once, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you might not get there. That's, <laughs> that's a life fact and uh, therefore, uh, in terms of the directional power of brand, I think um, no um, great product will compare with this. So I would, I would uh, suggest, I would recommend to really start uh, thinking about uh, your brand from day one. And I also love the concept of minimal, minimal viable brand because it's, it just makes it the idea less scary, I think, to startups. Uh, that gives them the understanding of, yes, we can do that and we should do that as um, our kind of initial package. So I totally support this and I think it's a great concept from your side, Simon. Yeah, this is also our idea. So when asked, we also recommend to, to really start with the minimal viable brand from the very beginning, since we often experienced that the minimal viable brand somehow influences the minimal viable product. And uh, therefore, if the two are done more or less simultaneously, I think uh, it's a great impact of branding in general you can achieve there. So, thank you very much, Irina, for having been my guest today on the Project A podcast. Thank you very much for the talk and your time. I had a blast. And thank you out there for listening in. I hope you liked today's episode. If so, please subscribe to the Project A podcast. More or less every second week we get in the founder's shoes and speak about the things that really matter when starting and scaling up a venture. And don't forget to register for this year's Project A Knowledge Conference taking place on Friday, October the 8th. If you use the code hashtag brand value in one world, you will get the ticket for sure. So I'm looking forward to seeing many of you at this year's Project A Knowledge Conference. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating.